Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at season four, episode 11, Three Days of the Condo, in which Frasier runs for condo board president after butting heads with the authoritarian Ms. Langer. Key, I want to know what item of furniture you're most proud about in your house. What, what any little objet or chair or whatever could drive you to run for condo board president if you got a no-no slip about it? Oh, God. Um... Does anything, does anything like that exist for you? I'm going to be honest. Um, I rent the flat and it was furnished for a lamp. I rented it, so <laughs> it's fine. Have you not added but any touches of your own? <laughs> we've got a little... Well, we've got this desk that when home working became a thing, I got desk. I got this for like 10 quid off Facebook Marketplace. So nice. It's, it's not a good desk. Um, Proper like MDF. Yeah, classic. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. That's, um, it serves a purpose. I, In terms of things... I don't think it counts as furniture. I like my record player. Oh, yeah. Lovely. But I don't have it here because the fat's not big enough. Oh, but no. I think I mentioned before, it's like radio, record player, CD player, cassette player in one. Oh, it's the classic. And, oh, it's gorgeous, mate. It's gorgeous. Oh, man. Um, all, the, all the buttons on the front, like a freaking mission control. Yeah. And yeah. I've been a sort of guy. It was a rule. I don't know why there's this rule. We're living in a very... Very strictly but strangely regulated country. If there's a rule on the size of televisions, that's where I'd kick up a fuss. I'd be like, really? oh, I want a big TV. There's um <laughs> there's a shop not too far from me where they sell like um slight it's not like slightly damaged, but not damaged in a real noticeable way, but they can't sell it because it's not perfect, is it? They can't sell it as like new and all that. Yeah. Um, so it's like you get like huge discounts and stuff. Mm. Um, and I still can't really justify it because I have a perfectly fine working television. But one day, mate, one day I'm going out of the store, I'm buying a good TV. Oh, mate. Well, when that day comes, you let us know. Get a picture of it in situ. <laughs> um, <I> mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got this really annoying post-cold cough that's like it's been around for a week and it's still where it goes, still my head Um Just an addendum to that question. What are your thoughts on B-Days? Because obviously one gets installed in this episode. <laughs> um... Have you ever used, ever used one, Kate? <laughs> uh, no, I have not. To be honest, um, it's not a very. I don't think it's a very English concept. They're not, but I we, think you know. I think maybe the, the Spanish are onto something. Really? Well, why? I what don't do know. I don't know. I just you know. I just think. But they are. Yeah, we kind of have a we're affronted by them in this country. So there you go. But I didn't know. I didn't know they're American thing either until Doctor Dorfman lets us know that he's having one installed. So. I think it's every country except us. We're just we're just we're, we're, we're just ranger here. Dude. Yeah, Our we're just kind life. of caveman neanderthaling yeah. it over here. Um, but there we are, listeners. Let us know your thoughts on on no no slips about objects in your house, but also B days too. Um, shall we jump into trivia corner this week, Kay? Yeah, I mean, rather than a king-size bed, I think it's a single this week. Isn't yeah, it? very brief <laughs> trivia corner, um, which is completely uh, down to us. Um, obviously, we've had a couple of weeks off um, from various work arrangements, so it's not been the easiest schedule for the, uh, the trivia masters to dance around. So Key's got a few for me, just to keep things slim. Um, let's see if I can try and salvage some glory for this slender oh, trivia corner. Of course, have you, did you watch this today? Did you watch this recently? I watched it last night, but I was okay. drinking while I was watching it, so... okay. <laughs> So, question number one. Hit me. What is that big tea server thing? Oh. It's the, it's the thing with the toolboxes underneath it, isn't it? But, because um, he says, oh, my God. Yeah, because Fraser says, Dad, that's a... Yeah. 
Oh my god, it's got an insane like French word. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. It is a tricky one. I'll give you that. Oh, <laughs> it's a tricky one. I'm, I'm something like a crossier. Like, no, I'm not. I'm never gonna get it. I'm never gonna get it. Not even I'm, in the ballpark, mate. I'm, thinking, I'm like Gavossier, you know, believe <laughs> Pranley. Just I don't know. I've got. Um, I think is it. Did he say Belarusian samovar or Belarusian? Oh my samovar? god, that sounds. So not French at all. Sorry to the Belarusians uh, listening. But... Yeah. A sal sal salivar. Samovar, I think. Samovar. I mean, do we know what one of those is? Oh, of course, mate. You don't have one. I'm just I'm just having a Google. That's actually my item of furniture that I would get a no-no slip for. Here we are. Samovar. Oh my god. They're like these really oh bloody sorry. Yahoo has made itself my default search engine. I don't know how it does this. It's like a virus. Um yeah, they're basically a really ornate looking brass slash copper urn that you dispense the tea from almost like a keg oh wow tea. yeah they're pretty pretty fancy looking they are fancy mm. feels like it should be like on an altar or something and it that's... does it does yeah God. okay right well there we go we've shown our lack of class <laughs> <laughs> we certainly have okay question number two <laughs> mm -hmm. what are niles's three rules okay no <sighs> Is it no food in the carpeted areas or no drinks or chocolate in the carpeted areas? I'm going to give it to you. It's no snacking. No in the snacking in the carpeted areas. So presumably a big meal is okay. Yeah, presumably. <laughs> yeah, you can walk around with duck a la rage, but um, always close the art books so that you don't crease the spines. Yep. One other uh, I've got. And oh, it's the first one in the, yeah. in the the first one's one I don't have. I'm trying to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first one's not particularly pretentious. It's yeah. Um, oh man, no stacking of the carpeted areas. Maybe just oh, take your shoes off at the door. I can't remember. So did you say maybe or baby? <laughs> maybe. It's like baby, just take your shoes off at the door. <laughs> baby, we're free, free spirits here. Take your shoes off. Go um, on in. Always use a coaster. Ah, and I'm I'm very much on team coaster. Oh um, yeah. On a cold day when I've got a hot, a cold bev. No, on a hot day when I've got a cold beverage on my table, and I see those beads running down towards the surface of the table. Yeah, I'm that like, means the table gets to enjoy it as well. <laughs> well, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, sure, like I'm afraid I've got these little uh, pub quiz coasters here with Joker oh. on them. They look a little bit vaguely nationalist. Um, did Did you steal them from a pub? No, but I did steal these ones from a pub. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where are they? Oh, they've gone now. Basically, there was it's one... how I make my money back for the points. So I just still post <laughs> There was after. a promotion one week, and it was like one pound eighty for this pint of ale. So, okay. um, needless to say, I had too many and took a whole lot of coasters over. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a one more. Third and final question. Lay it on me. What does the license plate say? Dockdorf. Dogdorf, yeah. Dogdorf, vanity plates, yeah. I like that. They're called vanity plates in America, but we just call them personalised license plates or number plates. Vanity plate, a lot better. It gets to the point a lot quicker. Well, um, I feel it's actually quite hard to get a, a vanity plate that really matches what you want because I feel so many are taken now. Yeah, I'm that you'd sure end up compromising. Yeah, people always have to like miss a letter off or like, yeah. oh yeah, that O is actually an E if you. Sure. If you really it. squint and tuck your head this sort of way, <laughs> you can see it's actually a little bit like my name. <laughs> <laughs> what what gets me is I don't know what the convention is on American license plates or what they're allowed because obviously Doc Dorf 
you'd never get anything close to that really i don't think yeah. in the uk um we're very strict about like the font and you ever seen like when you get like i want to say ne'er-do-wells who uh put like black tape on the license plate you know like to make like uh a zero and eight or something yeah yeah it's a classic trick I and mean, you're not allowed to do that you will get stopped <laughs> by uh with a policy um but there you go so some people will do anything to get a license plan thank you key for those uh those questions some excellent stuff i wish i had some for you um i don't it's okay, and it's really really sad um let me let me go back but just let me Okay, this is a slightly easy one, Kim. I'll just, just, just why, just to make you feel good. Um, what is the first objet that Fraser adjusts that isn't askew? Okay, you're gonna have to explain half of those big words. To okay, me so Fraser <laughs> basically he's he's criticizing Daphne for dusting his objets. Um, French basically short for objet d'art, just mean a little ornament or something. Um, one of them he tells you know it needs to be askew, askew, and he moves it. Um, what is the object? Oh god! Oh my god! I thought I was out. It was such an easy one here. Um, I'm glad. It, I'm glad it's not. That's not a condescending comment. I'm glad that like we we have a few more minutes of uh, rumination here. <laughs> I thought you were going to knock it out the park. Jeez, no! I think you've got me. I um. Okay, here's a clue. Gerard Butler, a gladiator. Was he in Gladiator? <laughs> That's he was in Crow. He was in Three Hundred and Spartan. It is, Spartan. It's, a, it's a Spartan helmet. Um. I want to say Spartan. Someone might, might correct me. It's a soldier's helmet from antiquity. Um, I don't remember the, this at all. Yeah, man, it's awesome. It's this little silver helmet. It's like a skew, a skew. And he, like, I remember him it. saying a skew, a skew, but I couldn't quite see what he was skewing. No, he does full on. You get a, oh, you, get, okay. you get a little, get a little view of the old helmet. Um, wow. So there we go. Sorry, Gay. I didn't mean to. Uh... Wish we hadn't done it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. What... Straight into the review. You know what? Let's have one more. Let's have oh, one more. No. Okay. What was Frazier formerly president of in high school when he mentions, uh, you know, well, why shouldn't I run for president of the condo board? I was. Was it? it he's got a title. It's not president, is it? Is it it's like grand some... something. Is it like the vocabulary club something like that yeah yes it like is the, English club, yeah. the vocabulary club um what on earth that must consist of oh, i have no idea i thought they just, just come up with really good synonyms they just meet up and spell things yeah. um, <laughs> spell his ass off okay um well some nice trivia there okay thank you for asking me yours sorry for i mean i threw you a, i threw you a little bit of a bone with that second question um <laughs> let's get into the review what was animation watch this week was it sort of like a shooting star oh yeah lovely stuff the oh. comedy i think this is so classy. Blink, like, blink and you miss it. Exactly. I was just about to say that, you dog. Blink, <laughs> blink, blink and you miss it. So nice. Really matches the title card. And last week, obviously, with Steve on, we had the balloons. I don't like the balloons. I go on about the balloons a lot. Steve doesn't like the balloons. You don't like the balloons. That, let's move on. Um, Marty and Sherry are yeah. Randy AF, I've put yeah, on the on the sofa. For some alone time. They are really looking for some alone time. Eddie is C-O-C-K blocking by running onto the sofa and licking um, Sherry's cheeks. Um, just, yeah, I just, as I said a couple of weeks ago when we first introduced Sherry, I just think the chemistry between the two of them is really spot on here. Do you not think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're pretty anti-Sherry, aren't you, from what I recall? But which is fine. It's, it's not that I'm anti-Sherry. It's yeah, I just don't like her. 
Okay. <laughs> no, okay. She just she grates on me a little bit sometimes. Um, I completely get that. I'm a very calm and chill personality. Same. And yeah. Sherry Dempsey is is far from that. I'd struggle to like have a, have been a room with her for more than. I'd have half to really build myself up before going to see her. I'm like, yeah. okay, we can do this. We You'd can have to microdose Sherry <laughs> by like, <laughs> yeah. you know, listening to like a recording of her screaming or something. But I do love Eddie in this scene because this is such a dog thing to do. Like, I, I think I told you I was dog sitting over Christmas. Oh, that, that lovely little beast. Oh, she was like a little chihuahua slash Jack uh, so This is the podcast episode where she like comes into the room and she's <laughs> like, wouldn't they? <laughs> and that, this honestly... Eddie in this scene was her. Like, oh my god! Anyone was close to one another, she would jump in the middle of you. <laughs> she was so adorable, mate. Honestly, if you were under a blanket, right, she'd jump up on you. She'd paw at the top of the blanket until you lift up, and then she'd get under the blanket with you. Oh my and go to sleep. God. Oh, I miss this dog so much. That is it's ridiculous. Cute. That is gorgeous, man. You, uh, you and Shan have got to freaking get a lovely house and get a dog, man. Because... Tell that to this housing market. <laughs> Honestly. Oh um, my god, that's so beautiful! But, what the hell? But yeah, so Eddie really reminded me of Minnie in this scene, and I was getting all emotional. And it was like these two, like Randy little devils, trying to get off together. And oh. it was me, like, oh, I miss this dog. Look, he's, he's licking her. Oh, oh god, it's so it's too <laughs> much. It's too much. Um, Niles and Fraser arrive now. Um, never mind being anti Sherry, she now introduces herself as "Come and kiss your aunt, Sherry." Um, <coughs> Niles, perhaps just a friendly wave from across the room. Yes. Um, so I love the way he does that, and he kind of like moves past the pillar as he says it. It's kind of like the camera is kind of panning as he does it. Um, Fraser detecting that as he, Eddie has been there because he can smell snossage or whatever on 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 her face really gross it is it's, it's very visceral I the think, idea of him it? kissing her cheek and it's kind of wet and smells of dog food is in- incredibly that mixed with my lady's boudoir must make a heady aroma oh uh, it's, it's intense for him isn't it honestly just, i'm surprised he didn't pass out just for one whiff of that I mean, concoction she she's just very full-on isn't she's a person she's very she is. she's one of those people the second she meets you it's like she she acts like she's known you all your life yeah, people and can she, be like that, can't they? I? I think she treats them a little like they're still young kids. She does like, do that. Particularly with Niles. Oh, you got some smush on your face or something oh, like man. that. And, oh, it's just a mole. Um, yeah, but, I, I think I've got that as a gross moment as well. Yeah, but I do love um, Gee. We have this Gee bit. No, no, gee. no, no. Back of the throat. Gee. Oh, what does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Honestly, one of my favorite um kind of early season Niles moments. Um, just absolutely love this. Um Gee gets mentioned a few times, doesn't he? Not obviously Gee from the ski lodge, but I think this particular Gee. Um, so you know, he's clearly someone on on, on Niles' mind a lot and mm-hmm. back of the throat, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've just put here the idea of rubbing someone, rubbing something off someone's face with your own spit is why would anyone ever want that? Like, it's really weird. Yeah, like, I don't want like, you to dirty my face more with that. Like, I mean, what? I, yeah, and the thing is, though, the spit is probably worse than whatever is on your face. Like, if I've got, I don't know, some chocolate on my face, that's fine. I enjoy chocolate. I'm that's why it's bit. there. Yeah. It's a treat for later. If you put your spit on it, you are, you know, precluding me from enjoying that chocolate at another point <laughs> in the day. Oh, don't, let's not go crazy, mate. I do love chocolate. So well, I'm you not know, you, good chocolate. You will get... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, completely gross. It's maybe something you do to a kid, not something you do to an adult, which is, yeah, I completely get what you're saying. Sherry kind of 
infantilizing the boys a little bit and, and kind of making them back into children. I, I, I just love this little, this objet does not face friend, but rather askew, askew. I just yeah. love this so much. One of my favorite, favorite lines. Do you, do you want Sherry's lamp? You know, because uh, she, she, she likes antiques, you know. She does like antiques. Do you want to describe lamp, the froggy lamp to us? A lamp shaped like two frogs kissing. And when you turn it on, their hearts glow. Oh, she goes, their hearts glow. <laughs> Just <laughs> kills her. Uh, this sounds terrible. Um, what? Uh, I, I think like this is the sort of thing that I'd get sentimental and buy and then, oh, never, and then regret it deeply. I feel I'd get so much pleasure from just taking a hammer to this thing and just like seeing those little froggy chests burst into a thousand little pieces. Or it's the sort of thing where if Shan turned around to me and meant, oh, we need to get a lamp, I'd go out and get this lamp just to annoy her. I'd be like, yep, you wanted a lamp? I got you a lamp. <laughs> it's a <laughs> frog. <laughs> it's two and they're <laughs> getting it on. I'm just thinking if their hearts glow, do you think that is an accessory to the main light, or is that the source of the lamp's oh, illumination? I think that's the source of the, the illumination. Because that cannot be bright. Oh, it depends on how much their love grows. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> the, the hornier they are, the brighter the light. So if you think the bulbs about to burst, get out the room, because those frogs need some alone time. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, just... I don't think I'd ever want a, a frog. Amphibious-shaped lamp. Yeah, that's... Uh, you're not going to enjoy your Christmas present this year. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, we now have the rules at, at Niles' house because Martin wants to, uh, to use it for presumably a date night. Um, I believe they have the same rules at the Playboy Mansion. Playboy Mansion. Absolutely love that. Everyone That's... knows the Hef was, uh, was strict on coasters. Oh, man. And like he's got many leather bound art books. Like you don't need those lying around. In fairness, I think he did. And. Um... Probably slightly different kind of art, but I imagine oh, there were books. Oh, very, very true. Perhaps <laughs> his own private photograph collections. Um, you know, I, I dread to think what is in his libraries, but but there we are. Um, we now have a skew, a skew again, because he notices another thing that's not been put back. Um, I think he calls himself a fuss budget, which I just think is a great term. I don't think this is something that's ever is this, is this over here? Do we have that? Fuss budget? Have you heard that before? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've ever heard anyone refer to themselves as a fuss budget. I quite like it. I think I quite like it. Are you getting to the stage of your life now where people start using random like little sayings? They can't remember if it's a saying or not. Like I've had these conversations with people a lot recently. Like I... someone to me, "Oh, you, you reap what you reward," and then they looked at themselves and they went. Is that the saying? I don't think that's a saying, is it? <laughs> you reap what you. I was like, "No, do you reap what you sow?" That's it. That's but, it. Power like, of the these, sower, classic. These, these conversations are coming up a lot in my life, life lately. Like, what's this phrase? You know, someone said to me the other day, if you um if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. I like that phrase. That is a phrase. Yeah. That is I've never heard it before. That's what yeah, said to me. So I'm just like, that is a phrase I'm gonna put into my everyday phrase usage. Oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> promote it. Um, I'm going to go to shops like Tesco and just start saying this phrase to to the management. (laughs) What you need to do is wait for someone in your life to be like ordering, needing a tradesman or a craftsman or something. And then, you know, that's when you tell them you pay for what you get. Or as it's also known in this little idiom, bam, and there you go. Yeah. Um, That's what you need to be doing. Um, I was going to say something about, um, about terms then. Oh, it's completely gone. About like words that we have over here. What were you? What were you saying? We were about fuss budget. 
Then you're on about um, um you reap what that's you reward. It, that's it. The reap what you reward. I've ever said this tweet. It kills kills me. I remember sending it to like a bunch of people and we like dying one night. It was like me sewing. And it's like haha, f yeah, yes, and loads of exclamation marks. Then it's like me reaping. What the, <laughs> what the f? <laughs> Just this idea of like throwing away like with great abandon and then suddenly having it all come back on you and just the way it was worded just perfection perfect tweet um fraser now is obviously going to go down to the uh to the condo board i'll simply be talking to the board and then can you remember martin's line after that isn't it something like when he gets through they will be or something yeah like it's that. basically yeah. like yeah they will be by the time he's done or, or whatever which i just think is just amazing because it's just such a good play on you know, sometimes you kind of see these jokes coming, but I just didn't with like the condo board. I just, you know, I was like, this is just perfect for, for them to get a little uh, a little zinger on Frasier. Um, we now meet Ms. Langer in the in the board, you know. Ms. Langer. Ms. Miserable old cat. Um, you know, is that Fraser Crane talking while I'm talking? Like she's just <laughs> I she love her. Really? Oh, she's so but like I, she I, needs a word in this scene is phenomenal. And oh, just everything, every little delivery. She's such a tyrant. It's oh beautiful. She's acted very well, to be fair. Yeah. Um, she, but she's just, you just want to, you know, give her a smack across the face. I the also love, possible. I don't know if we ever find out her name, but like the wheelchair woman. Oh my God. She's so sweet. Like, she is the delivery. So do you want, good. Do you want to go ahead of me? I'm just here because I keep rolling into traffic. It's too <laughs> steep. You know, I'm sure yours is more important. <laughs> And I love the way Frasier, like, even when he has the opportunity to, like, defer back to her, he says, I'll be quick. Like, like <laughs> what the hell? Like, honestly, it's just perfect. But um, the way Frasier is in this scene is perfect in terms of, like, his pomposity and yeah. just arrogance, thinking he's, like, he's like on his soapbox. Yeah, he thinks he's literally changing the world with this knocker, mm. you know, because it he does. stranger passes by, you know what, they pick up a bit of trash. They, uh, they plant a garden. I you do garden. that when you see a, a knocker. Knocking um, on the door, a better world. What <laughs> um, what gets me is he's got all of this like you know stunning, dazzling display of rhetoric as we uh, as we get to later. I say as he calls it, but he's handing out Polaroids. You know, I I have an instant camera. I'm aware of the quality of Polaroids. You would not be able to see that doorknob in any kind of intricate detail. And this is a Japanese work of art, according to Frazier. You're not going to be able to see any of that on those photographs. So. Is this is this just a bit pointless? You know, it's just going to be you know, a visual exposed. That's all they're it gonna, is. They're not going to get the true I beauty. Mean, you know, actually, mate, I'm not even sure they were Polaroids. I think they were a graph, like of amount of time knocker is on door. World piece. Wow. And if you actually see, there is a correlation. There's a complete the, correlation. As like the this. time on the door goes up, the world piece improves. Honestly, I think I think that would have been a much better visual aid for this presentation. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, like he said, think of it not as an ornament, but as an opportunity. Um, his cheese here is just is just I love too it. much. So much. This is like Frasier's my my favorite mode for Frasier when he's in this mode. Yeah, this is probably my favorite bit of the episode is Likewise. this speech from Frasier, this little mm. monologue. I think so. I think so. It's just. He's so oblivious. Um, and he, he just, just like, yeah. And I think he's so convinced everyone's going to go along with it. Mm. He's so convinced that this, how could they, how could they refuse? How can, yeah, with this dazzling display of rhetoric. Mm. Um, he now says, uh, like all tyrants, you'll be cast out of the ash heap of history. Do you know which former US president said that, Kay? Little uh, question for Ooh. you. 
That is a um, good question. I'll have to uh, confirm this. Um, I did look last night, but I just want to make sure I've got it correct. I wonder maybe if it's a Cold War phrase and it's someone like Reagan or something like that, saying like to maybe like Gorbachev or something like, um, you know, let's let's sort this out because otherwise you will be consigned <laughs> to the ash heap of history or something like that. Okay. It's Reagan. Is it Reagan? It's freaking Reagan. Oh. Um, so that is unbelievably well deduced. Um, but was yeah, it to, was it in that circumstance? I think he's talking about the USSR, but I think he's specifically referring to like Marx and Lenin, um, oh, okay. like just like their philosophy. But um, obviously they're, they're, they're long ash when, when Reagan's in power. Um, but still, um, there we go. I, um, um, I tell you what, this <clears throat> little speech actually, it really reminds me of... Um, do you know Operation Valkyrie um, in Germany during the Second World War? Basically, where is that Schauf- the film von Stauffenberg? The, the film is based around it. Yeah, von yeah. Stauffenberg, <clears throat> who apparently has an American accent, in the fact he's a German soldier, um, basically try and have a coup, try and take over, you know, German government and kick out, you know, the SS by killing Hitler in a bunker by setting mm. off a bomb, um, and when they were arrested just before the firing squad. One of them sort of gave the speech of like, you may judge us now, but you'll be judged in the court of human opinion or human decency. And like history will consign you to the ashes or something like that. And that's what this reminds me of is that sort of speech. And I like that when someone makes a really good, like defiant speech. I'm a fan of a defiant speech. Yeah. I think it makes very good viewing in, in narratives more generally. Mm. Um, yeah, so you just reminded me, this isn't linked to, to kind of rhetoric or speech, but it is linked to kind of turns of phrase <clears throat> and the Nazis. Um, quite a common, um, well, not common, but there's a term, you ever heard the term the banality of evil? Yes. So basically, like, what were you going to say? It's basically evil takes place by like these small little acts that, you know, small little things that no one thinks anything of, and it adds to a larger whole I think essentially, yeah. Um, and it, I think it comes from, it's from Hannah Arendt, who is like a really prominent 20th century philosopher and cultural writer, etc. Um, and I think it's from her book, Eichmann in Jerusalem. And she's basically, I can't remember the name of the of the Nazi official, but Eichmann was like a really, I think it's Eichmann. Oh, a, yeah, I, am I not, do I think he went on the run after the war? Yeah, and they, they, and, they capture um, him. My nan actually told me once, like it was huge news when they captured him. Like it was like mm. front pages of every single newspaper. Everyone like watching devoutly around the world to see like <coughs> were they going to get him? They got him, and it was huge. Yeah, it's mad. And like yeah, they they I think they extradited him to Israel where he was tried for war crimes. But she specifically refers to the banality of evil. Like looking at this like old man and like just looking at the face of this person who came to represent you know one of the worst things that's ever happened in the history of the world but looking at him he just looks like a pathetic stupid you know old man um yeah, and, that, and she was like that's what for her that was the banality of evil like evil can look like that it doesn't need to look like the devil in the massive apocalypse or whatever um so yeah just two kind of nazi related rhetoric things there absolutely nothing i'm not suggesting that Ms. langer is anything like eichmann um though she's certainly tyrannical i think we could say that um one of my favorite scenes now if that last scene was yours is in the parking garage which is like this kind of noir vibe i know this this episode is riffing on three days of the condor um the film which i haven't seen but i'm fairly certain is a kind of espionage type deal i've never seen it maybe robert redford's in it 
I've I've never seen it, but I feel like it's a it's a pun that's made in a lot of TV episode titles. Mm. I, I feel that um, The Simpsons have definitely, I think Simpsons did like the three gays of the condo or something like that with a Mr. Smithers episode or ah. um, something like along those lines. Actually sounds really good. It's um, about a bookish CIA researcher who comes back from lunch one day to discover his co-workers murdered and tries Ooh. to outwit those responsible. I mean, um, I'll tell you what, I've learned a lot in the last year or so, mate. Old films are good, okay? Oh, my old people, film on, people on the listener mail are constantly yeah. asking about, like, oh, where's Key on his, on his room? Key will give you an update later. Oh, but... man, I can't wait. Exciting um, times. But yeah, so I love this in the parking garage uh, garage. We've got Doc Dorfman. He's like, you know, stay back. Um, like he's like, um, he died of bad border pressure. No, I think he had. I've got what he says now. I think it was a hunting trip. Or I think something it was like that. <laughs> I think it was a hunting accident. Um, <laughs> keep your distance. I just honestly, Doctor Dorfman is just amazing. He's like there are a few of us, a band of resistance. Um, everything is amazing. So here. It's um, it's Austin Pendleton who pay, plays him. But I actually thought, a very first instinct, I sort of did a double take and thought it might be Dan Castellaneta or something like that. Because mm, I yeah. got very Dan Castellaneta vibes, but it, it, it isn't. It's uh, Austin, um, Austin Pendleton. I can definitely uh, say that. I just love how hammed up he is. And how <laughs> what? He just, he's so hammed up. He's oh, just, he is. He's phenomenal. Oh, he was, he's a guy from Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, I've not seen that. Oh, oh you should watch it. it Jack's is a... a big fan. Our friend Jacko. Yeah, um, it's um, it's Marty from Christmas in the Cranks. That's who um, he plays in that. It, man, um, he's, just, he's just great, isn't he? Oh, I, I love him so much. Just... And he's remodeling his bathroom. She'd never approve his bidet. Um, <laughs> there if... is a small pocket of resistance. <laughs> <Fighter>. small... <laughs> Honestly, just amazing. Um, Fraser and Niles are in the elevator now. Fraser saw. You saw my Maris naked. Um, I can't remember what the context is this this is, but like he saw some some shower hotel on holiday thing. I can't remember what was the context where Fraser saw Maris naked, but I mean, God help him um, for actually seeing that. It sounds terrible. Yeah, I think um, it was in the was it, she she was in the <clears throat> cabin, I think, and she was taking a shower. And he walked that in. makes sense. Um, and. I mean, of all the I cabin think... episodes we've been given in this episode, in this show, that's one we were sorely lacking. Um, I'd love to have seen Maris kind of kicking it in the in the sticks in a in a cabin. Um, would you be? Um, I've completely lost my train of thought. Uh, would you? Would it be awkward for you to walk in on Shan? Martin and Sherry? <laughs> oh, Martin and Sherry. Yeah, we're completely different direction. <laughs> I thought you were like your Maris, <laughs> your Shan. Um, what if I walked in that? Yeah, I mean that's not that's not good. That's not good, especially if like Niles is a bit weird anyway, and kind of like when it comes to that sort of you know those relations. Um, but you wouldn't you wouldn't want to say that. Would you? I, I feel though that you you just brush it off. It'd mm. Just be you just no, neither of you would ever talk about it again, and just pretend it didn't happen. Oh, that's definitely how you have to do it. You yeah, wouldn't you... be like Niles and running out the house every time he comes in. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I, I don't. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, you've got to just pretend it didn't happen, retcon it. You know, that's, that's how it's got to be. Ross thinks he's drunk now, and Fraser's kind of grandstanding about his dazzling display of rhetoric. Um, you know, you've been at your wine club, haven't you? I just love that. I can't really remember why Ross is there, but I'm glad she is because there's no KACL this episode. I, um, <clears throat> I think that she says something about uh, they have to go to work or something like that. Or they've got something to do with work because I think when he gets there, she says something like, oh, is that um, your apology for making me work on a Saturday and then getting here late? Mm. 
something along those lines. So I feel like he's, I think that she's met him there and they're going to KACL together. Maybe. Oh, that makes sense. Um, but I mean, either way, like I know it's a bit shoehorned, but I'm just glad she was glad she fitted in into the episode in some way. I put here Daphne with murderous intentions. I think she talks about, is it Ms. Langer or someone else that she like yeah, fantasizes Ms. about killing? I think it's uh, Ms. Langer. She thinks about using one of those like tire tire irons. irons yeah. yeah. And just doing her in the back. Honestly, it's, it's heavy. Um, okay. This is my favorite thing. I've been waiting to ask you Kim, about this episode. Yeah. Um, somebody says now, maybe, maybe Roz, let somebody else do it. Wow, oh, did you we were getting Simpsons vibes? Trash of the somebody else do it. Can someone else do it? <laughs> I'm honestly, as soon as I heard that, I was like, right, I need to gas key. He'll be there instantly. Trash I don't the know anyone who needs to know this, but on Spotify <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, they put out two Simpsons albums from the 90s of some of the songs from the episodes, and Trash of the Titans is on there. No way. Yeah, it's like Ghost and Sonic with the Simpsons. And there's another one which is like keeping it fresh with the Simpsons, something like that. Uh, and it's just a soundtrack from the earlier episodes. I just think, Kate, all the signs point to an inevitable Simpsons podcast when this Frasier one's over. I think so, because, uh, listen, I don't... Four Finger Discount's a great podcast and we all love it, but one of them left at season 10. That's true. And, you know, everyone loves the original. You know, New Coke, did it take off, did it? it so did, It didn't take off. <laughs> But of um, course, if Four Finger Discount are listening, we love you. You know, oh, you're a great podcast. I mean, there's probably about a hundred Simpsons podcasts. It would it would just yeah. be one for like existing listeners that like us, existing listeners that like Frasier and The Simpsons, and then I, we could maybe recruit a few more. But I think so. I think that it would be a podcast that it, it's one of the few podcasts we could probably speak on with the same level of expertise, which is to say, no expertise, but no, but it a lot. It, it's it's um, it's 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 Frasier and The Simpsons for you and I are like to top, you know. Yeah, I um, mean, I don't think there's any other shows I can think of off the top of my head that we both have no, in the same esteem. That's so true. either we'd we'd, be, we'd have to come at it from a different perspective of sort of in more of like a one of a newbie and one of an expert or something like that but... which is quite a popular format but also makes it slightly less rewarding maybe for the for the newbie sometimes um mm. if you know they're they're kind of feeling like they're on the back foot a bit but i think a simpsons one is is where this has to go yeah and i feel like sometimes when you're listening <clears> to one of the podcast with the newbies and they're doing trivia it frustrates me that newbie doesn't know the answer do you know yeah. the episode of friends where joey's watching um the one with like the I don't know the name of the show. I don't think we have it over here where you have to guess what the word is. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. It's Count Rushmore. <laughs> I'm like that with trivia when I'm listening to a newbie on a podcast. It's Count Rushmore. Oh, my God. I love that. I love that. Uh, I mean, Friends, theoretically, is probably a show a, a show that I know, like, the back of my hand as well. Um, that is true. In terms of, like, doing a podcast on. In fact, I, I know Friends better than I know The Simpsons. Um, but The Simpsons just... I think it just, I think I just, the fates have conspired against, no, not against with us. And they're trying to tell us every episode that The Simpsons is what it needs. I mean, The Simpsons does get brought up a lot in this podcast. It does. It does. Um, and there's quite a few people that listen that do like it. So um, the show that is not our tangents, but uh, there we go. Um, more relevancy, direct. More That's direct relevancy. Uh, Eddie cleaning the table now. Uh, Daphne's kind of got him prepared. Like, good, uh, well done, Eddie. Now go make dinner. Um, yeah. So brilliant. Like, just constantly amazed at Moose. And um, oh, I can't remember the name of the trainer. Um, Steve has spoken about her multiple times. Um, 
that's really bad of me. But either way, both of them, just unbelievable job. Um, Eddie is just so freaking clever for a dog. It kills me. Yeah. Oh, I love Eddie so, so much. And This little walking just, up and down with a thing in his mouth. Yeah. Oh, he's just... And he's... Oh, I miss my dog. I miss this dog that I had for two weeks. Oh, That's, my God. Again with a dog. It's <laughs> me, man. <laughs> Honestly, let me get my violin out. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I love it. Um, Fraser now gets a letter from who? Um, is it... Is it what? He goes... It's from the resistance. Oh. <laughs> it's uh, but also from the desk of Doctor William F. Dorman or whatever his name is. Um, so you know, just classic. And then we now have like the key drama of this episode, the kind of dramatic irony that Fraser thinks Ms. Lang is giving him a no-no slip because of Eddie. It's actually because he was floating free, as he says to Daphne, in the hot tub. Um, is, is this not a slight contradiction? Because he does say to everyone that he got two slips for not taking Eddie in the freight elevator at some stage, doesn't he? Yeah, this confuses me. Um, I, I, I thought that because we, we know he's already been called out for Eddie as an issue. So then why is it so strange that Fraser goes down there talking about Eddie, but no one knows what it is? Yeah, like he calls it Eddie. Like you, you all know he's got a dog called Eddie. You'd have worked it out. Especially Langer. Um, yeah, it doesn't quite make sense. That they they really need to like have not had that. Like it, yeah. it, all they all they need to do is literally just not have Martin and Eddie get any no no slips, and then this whole part part of the episode makes sense. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, bit of a weird one. Um, but Martin went down to the hot tub. I mean, Elliot Bay has a hot tub. This isn't common for buildings, is it? I mean, unless, unless maybe it has a gym and then it has the sauna hot tub facilities, which makes more sense. I find it strange that, you know, Frazier, we in, was it where he sells out in the first season? He was going mm. looking at hot tubs. A complimentary I mean, scum guard. <laughs> just use your one. You've got one. Yeah. So what, what are you doing going there, mate? I, oh, yeah, good point. Um, obviously, many years ago, they were like, oh, we don't need a hot tub here. Um, but then when they need Martin to get his kegs off, they're like, suddenly, right, let's have a hot tub. Um, floating free. Floating free. And Fraser now in front of everyone. Have you no compassion? I can't tell you the hours of joy that little guy has brought him. <laughs> Just absolutely brilliant. Um, referring to Mrs. Tornquist's Fluffy. Um, oh, I love this. I've seen you many times with your fluffy. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, just in terms of level of innuendo, that is stunningly, it's stunningly good. So um, good, isn't it? And, and when you yeah. find out she's got a dog called Fluffy earlier on, you never see this coming. No, no, you never it's... see. That's why they've called it Fluffy. That's how it's going to work. Like it's amazing. And so, um, you know. The little school children when they see Eddie. Oh like, my god! I just put here school children. No exclamation mark. <laughs> just honestly, this this takes a real turn. Um, god. a real turn, <laughs> and obviously it ends with Miss Langer in the lift, and which is quite sinister because it's just the back of her head, which is very severe. And then we have Daphne with the baguette. I, mean, um, I, I do just love the way that Frasier completely just gives up. He doesn't even try and turn it turn it round or twist what he says. He just runs out of the room, peers back, and says sorry, and yeah, that's it. Honestly, and it just reminds me of like earlier in the episodes, like after that just dazzling display of rhetoric. I heard you drop your briefcase every while. Like, this building has a great vibe. Ernest and Julio Gallo would be uh, jealous of. Um, just absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, that is those. Those are all my 
points from the review? Is there anything towards the end of this episode that we've missed, Key, before we jump to uh, the end of episode's gubbins? I think that is about it. I um, think you wanted to mention. Perfect. Well, is this yeah. episode in your uh, top 10? It's not. It, it's listen, It's a fine episode. It's okay. But it's. I think it's one of those that it's probably like a B plus, something like that, in the context mm. of Frasier. Mm-hmm. It's not up there with the classics, I don't think. But it's a solid, solid episode. Solid ep. I completely agree. I think it's really solid. Compared to last week's Liar Liar, I think it's in a different league. Um, Did you not enjoy Liar Liar? No, I didn't, um, to be Did honest. Did Steve enjoy it? Not really. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I don't... I don't remember hating it. Um, it's not as bad. I will say it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be again in rewatching. And I do say on the, on the episode that I enjoyed it a bit more coming at it critically, but mm. compared to this, I mean, this episode feels like a top 10 compared to Liar Liar. I think it's just quite a tight episode set in the K in, in Elliot Bay. It's just got a vibe. Yeah. Um, that, that I like who have you gone for actor Pitka? I think there's only one pick here. I think um, that's dazzling, dis- like that the, dazzling display of rhetoric. The two best bits are his two speeches, really. Um, mm. One about how we're making the world a better place, one door knocker at a time. And oh, yeah. The second one being how the school children love seeing Eddie in the playground. Um, Absolutely unbelievable. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's got to be got to be Kelsey. Spot on. I've also gone for uh, for Kelsey here. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've got anything. You're not obviously you don't update us on 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 air yet, but just if you're updating your paperwork, I also picked. No, who did I pick? I, th- I think I picked Niles for uh, Liar Liar. Um, if you want to pop that in. Okay, um, that is fine. Because of the moment when he's getting the deep heat rubbed on him. And it's like, fr- frosts me like a cake. Um, before, when we do the end of season roundup, I will mm. watch Liar Liar and give like a, when I'm placing it, I'll give my actor pick and like <clears> a very <throat> quick two seconds on my thoughts. Perfect. I, well, because... I want more than two seconds. Your <laughs> thoughts are very valuable to me. Um, Kennedy Burling, I'm on the ground yeah. key. What does he make of this episode? And what's he got into trouble for installing in his own apartment? What specific objet has uh, has Eddie been? Um, Eddie has Kennedy got into trouble I, for? I don't know why, but I have a feeling that um, Kennedy has, you know, like a fireman's pole. Oh, he doesn't yeah. have stairs. No, no, no. <laughs> he literally he climbs up it to, to, to get to the other floor. Um, it's Honestly, not just... if, if you want to have a meeting with him, you have to show a physical display of strength. To <laughs> That's what it is. He's on the third floor. You have to go up <laughs> so many flights. Um, perfect. Thank you, Key. No further explanations needed. All that remains is to play Who's Crane? Is it anyway? Your word this week, Key, is kingdom. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. Um, very first thought is that it could be someone talking about Langer, like she's a tyrant ruling, building her kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, or ruling her kingdom. That makes sense. I don't think the only other thing I'm thinking of is like an animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. But there's not enough of Eddie in this episode to make that joke work, I don't think. So it's got to be talking about Langer and her kingdom. The question is who says it? So who is critical of Langer in this episode? I think it's, I don't really recall Niall saying too much about her. So it's got to be one of the three residents at Elliot Bay. So it's got to be Frasier, Martin or Daphne. Mm-hmm. My instinct is that maybe it's something, maybe it's Martin because I can see him going to down the animal route. She, 
she's like a, a lion overseeing a kingdom or something like that. Or, mm. um, yeah, I'm going to go with Martin talking about Langa in the Elliot Boathouse. The context is spot on, Kay. Oh, no. But it's Daphne. She puts, ah. oh, that's one of Miss Langer's no-no slips. I can't stand that woman. Just because she's president of the condo board, she acts like this building's her kingdom. Everything has to be done exactly the way she likes it. Talking of like a condo board, have you seen Only Murders in the Building? Not even it's heard of Disney, it. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's got Steve Martin, Martin Short... And Selena Gomez as the three main characters. Wow, no. Is it a um, film or a TV show? TV show. Um, and it's about people who do a podcast. Really? Yeah, three people doing a real-life murder mystery podcast. Wow. Pretty good, um, is it? Really good. I recommend it. Um, I just say because there's like a condo board in that and uh, there's a meeting in one episode. So, But if you've got time, it's on it's on Disney+. Plus. Um, so would recommend it if you have the opportunity. Perfect. I mean, I'd wager there's a high probability someone in the audience listening right now has maybe watched some of that. So we'll uh, we'll hear from them. But shall we jump over to listener mail this week, Kay? Uh, yes. Let me just get the Reddit link up. Excellent. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay. Uh, for listener mail this week, heard from quite a lot of you, which is really really nice to see. Beginning with Mischief Knight, he says another banger, gents. Banger, Dad. <laughs> there once was a man named Horatio who wanted to visit Sarajevo, but a car was too small, not large enough at all, so he rented a large Winnebago. Incredible, because oh, I did ask good. for a limerick a few, uh, few episodes ago, but of course, our improv king, MK, pulls that out of the bag. Unbelievable. Thank you, MK. Um, I do know one limerick, actually. I don't know if you've ever seen The Crown. It's in the first episode of The Crown. I've not watched The Crown. Um, there was a young lady named Sally who enjoyed the occasional dally. She sat on the lap of a well-endowed chap and cried, Sir, you're right up my alley. Oh, my word. Yeah. Very saucy. <laughs> Very saucy. Thank you. Thank you, Joe, <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, okay, next up, uh, we've got Miss Worcester 22. Uh, Will, I'm so happy to hear you gave Sherry your actor pick. She's fabulous and hilarious, and I love the relationship between her and the crane men. I wish she had stayed around for longer in the show. Um, just to say, I don't think Martin was too timing on Maureen. Uh, I just think he clocked her at Sherry at McGinty's and had his eye on her, but never actually acted on it until this episode. Hence, Martin getting so excited at now being able to pursue Sherry after Frazier spills the beans about Maureen wanting to break it off. Mm. Um, fun fact for you both, as you both know, Joe Keenan considers P.G. Wodehouse as one of his biggest influences. And Sherry's perfume, Milady's Boudoir, is a reference to Jeeves and Worcester. Um, Milady's Boudoir is the name of the magazine that Bertie Worcester's aunt Dahlia Travers edits and owns. Uh, being a big fan of myself, the first time seeing this episode, I knew it couldn't just be a coincidence. And uh, I think she's popped a link below for, I think, based on that theme. So people can look into it a bit more. That is a really, really cool connection. Um, I've only ever read one P.G. Woodhouse book, to be fair, and it just wasn't, I wasn't vibing with it. Um, mm. I think it was The Little the little butler maybe um but you know he's very beloved in this country you know as, as a satirist of kind of the upper class so i should probably try and take another crack at him at some point you... so, i've never seen jeeves and worcester's a tv show but isn't there with um, fry and fry and laurie yeah. and laurie when they were younger yeah, but i've never um, seen it no i, I mean that. i'm a huge hugh laurie fan um really like hugh laurie i mean do you like house you strike me as someone who would like house no, Shan likes House, and I, I don't like it because the theme to every episode is the same. They get it wrong the first two times, and they get it right on the third effort. 
just yeah. tune in with 10 minutes gut to go people okay and you'll find you out what the a, ailment was you are not a good doctor if you're getting it wrong twice on every single case okay yeah. that's not good <laughs> enough dr house go you to another hospital <laughs> Uh, twin fire signs 14 says sorry this is more of a general comment still catching up only on season one but wanted to say you guys have a fantastic podcast going and i'm re-watching while listening your <coughs> recaps reviews are my favorite part and it's very entertaining to play along with the trivia questions at home as well that's nice a new listener someone so a fledgling all the way back on season one lovely oh. Um, next we've got Sydney Asbasket who says gentlemen I was lucky enough to listen, listen to this episode very early in the morning brilliant thoroughly enjoyed it as always uh, Marsha um, Mason is as Will states a very good actress and certainly fits in right fits right in with the cast like she's a regular she plays Sherry incredibly well uh, Liar Liar is not a favourite of mine John's girlfriend is just appalling can't stand the woman uh, I don't dislike the episode but it's not the best Sydney Unbelievable that when Sydney wrote that quote, wrote that comment rather for Listener Mal, he had no idea he would be coming on the podcast to review that very episode. <laughs> so, uh, kind of traveling in time there. Uh, Panzeran Banteev says, Another fantastic, fantastic episode, lads. And well done. Thank you for squeezing it over the Christmas period. I know it's not the most popular opinion, but I love Sherry. She provides the perfect foil for Fraser and Niles' witty little bon mots. And it's nice to add another down to earth female character. That is completely different to either Roz or Daphne. With regard to Liar Liar, my original instinct was very much the same as Will in that it's one I would avoid during rewatches. But having watched it last night, I was pleasantly surprised and enjoyed it a lot more than I ever have previously. After hearing Key's comments on wine and barely being able to recall if he, it was even a red or a white that he drank, maybe let him off slightly as it's Christmas, I assume it's safe to say he doesn't know which wine goes with fish or pork. I also quite like the jam shed wine he referenced. I don't know what that means for either of our palates. Big fan of the uh, of three days of the condo. Wonder if Key will get the Ernest and Julio Gallo gag. They were owners of a, of a winery. I to um, Google it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and what could the writer's favourite... Oh, yeah, and what could be the writer's favourite name? Guy, from the back of the throat, of course. Thank you I, for that. I'm going to take a stab at this and say it is a white wine with fish, but red wine with pork. That's my guess. I don't. I, know I, 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 it's definitely white with fish. Um, you're probably right with red and pork. Um, I just always assume red with red meats and red with like Italian food. Basically, that's the okay. rule I go down. Like if it's got like a tomatoy sauce, match the colours up. You know. Got you. There you go. That's what I'm thinking. But I'm not a wine aficionado. All okay. I know about wine is that aren't you meant to chuck white wine on a red wine to take out a stain? I think so, yeah. I think that is yeah. a pretty pretty good deal, yeah. <laughs> so everyone else goes wine tasting as me just chucking bits on the carpet. That's all it is. <laughs> like, oh, you got some on your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Road Warrior 2000 who says, Hi, gents. Uh, thanks for all the great content you're putting out. I always find the episode Liar Liar to be out of place in season four. It's pacing, storytelling, and moral dilemma for Frasier remind me of season one or two episodes before the show hits its familiar stride and ensemble episodes of the mid-seasons. It's very Frasier-centric, uh, much like Fool Me Once, Death Becomes Him, etc. It strikes me as a filler episode with no bearing on the story arc that is in season four. Of course, filler episodes are needed in a 20-plus episode per season show, but in season four, there are so many better episodes that utilise the whole cast, such as Ham Radio, The Two Mrs. Cranes, etc. So what do you guys think? I think that's Comple exactly correct. Completely agree, yeah. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to... Um, at some stage, compare our word like the bottom row, the bottom rung of the ladder for our say season four recap, and compare it to like the top rung of the ladder for season one and season two, and just see 
are they weak episodes or are they weak episodes in an incredibly strong season? You know mm. what I mean? And see that sort of comparison as to how would they have fared in a different sort of season's take of, of episodes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think kind of looking and comparing across seasons could be really interesting towards the end. And I'm sure Caitlin would probably be able to do some, some wizardry with stats and data in that regard. Um, but yeah, I completely agree about it. It does feel like early Frasier. It's so Frasier centric. It's about a moral dilemma he's having, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, really kind of spot on, I think um in that assessment argle gargle google goop says hey guys thanks for the fine episode and all your episodes are much finer than a ima- than i imagine any of maris's would be oh thank you argle uh, at least for this ep i'm on team sherry some of the antics later and three dates and a breakup and daphne hates sherry take the character down a bit in my books but i'm definitely on team marsha mason another coup for the show to get yet another multi-award nominated actor and neil simon's ex in a recurring role and she was perfect to sherry since this ep revolved around Martin's love life, I was wondering what both of your thoughts are on his love interests, if you have a favourite, or if you even think he should have remarried by the end of the series. I was thinking a bit about this in light of the recent passing of the great Betty White, as John Mahoney did play her love interest in Hot in Cleveland, of course, reuniting with Jane Leeds in the process. In an alternative universe, the writers could perhaps have expanded the role of Mrs. Crowley's 86-year-old mother. Mrs. C was a neighbour he was attracted to in The Marius Counselor and had Betty White play the role. That would have been quite something, in my opinion. I really would have loved to have seen Betty White in, in some form on Frasier completely. But yeah, in terms of Martin's love interests, they, do, they don't stand out as much as Frasier's do. Um, no, I was going to say is that I actually always enjoy Martin when he's on his own, and that sounds really bad. But No, I think that's valid. I don't know. I just don't really like change. and mm. I, I quite like the idea that once Hester's gone, that he's happy just him and Eddie... Um, like she was the his true love yeah a little bit yeah again yeah um, which is probably quite a selfish perspective um yeah i know but, you, but i know what you mean they're fictional the, characters you're allowed to be but at the same time um i don't mm. know i just i don't really i i generally speaking don't really like the dynamic when there's that sort of extra party yeah involved i think a lot of listeners would, would agree with you that you know it's a they like to see martin on his own because he's a bit curmudgeonly and it's easy it's harder the moments when he is affectionate and sentimental when he's on his own like breaking the ice you know yeah. fraser and i have to work harder to get get it out of him when he's just like canoodling with sherry on the sofa all the time it kind of undercuts those earlier you know curmudgeonly aspects of his character but yeah like i don't i don't i love um Wendy Malick as an actress, um, as Ronnie, I think she's a great character. Don't necessarily think there's chemistry at all between her and Martin. Um, and the remarriage, you know, getting married again, kind of mixed feelings about that. But in terms of who his love interests are, I can barely remember any of them. Like Sherry's the most dominant by a mile. Sherry's the one you jump to, isn't it? Sherry and, and Ronnie, like that's it, really. And you know, I've got to be honest, I think Sherry's a much better fit for him than Ronnie is. Um, but on my head be it so there you go but, yeah i i don't know if you did pay tribute to betty white last week but um we didn't actually which is shocking well, but let's do it here and now gussing, gussing to hear the news that the god rest one of the freaking the, the best to ever do it so yeah um i i've never seen golden girls but i've started watching it is it well, these golden girls isn't it yeah um, i want to start that i've just started i've watched episode one and <laughs> Bits are really dated, but yeah, I'm gonna try and watch Golden Girls um out of tribute to Betty White. No, but, I'm with you, man. I really yeah. want to watch that. 
gutted that a legend has left us. Yeah. There we go. Right, I think it's uh, Reckley next, next for you, yeah. Next, we've got Reckley says, Happy New Year, gents. <clears throat> um, I'm still getting Happy New Year's in person on the 22nd of January. I've got to draw the line there. I mean, Reckley obviously wrote that 17 days ago, yeah. so that's fine. But yeah, people saying it to you now, no, no. Yeah. Uh, three days mid. of the condo. Not the most terribly exciting episode, but its originality helped make it decent. It has a good pace that leads to the eye-watering scene in the condo meeting where Fraser unknowingly makes a fool of himself. Uh, I love the credit scene where Daphne holds the breadsticks threateningly above her head. I've got to be honest. Yeah, this does have an originality to it, this episode. Um, it does have a bit of a, we don't see this again. You know, there's a few kind of plot points that maybe are, are reused from one episode to the other, but this one does feel pretty, pretty good. Um, Blueberry Less 4584 says, hi guys, love the last episode and of course the podcast. It's great to see the Sherry love because as he stated, she's loud and it's such a stark contrast to the characters, but she brings out a real fun side of Marty. I love it when she's asked later in the series who eats Chinese food for breakfast and replies about a billion Chinese people. Such clever writing. I like that line, actually. You also spoke about the Simpsons episode meaning something different as you've gotten older. Totally know what you mean here. One of my favourite episodes is where Maggie is born and Homer has quit his job and is working at the bowling alley and loving life. He then has to crawl back to his old job, literally, as they can't afford to live on the bowling alley wage. Funny bits in the ep when you're younger, but now makes me well up at the end. Do it for her. There are so many bits throughout the series like that, but I must admit my favourite Simpsons episodes are the Trias of Horrors. I also feel you should change your roles for like for guest appearances for actor picks. I'm thinking way down the line when Michael Keaton is on the show, a fantastic episode and can't wait till you guys get there. And obviously Patrick Stewart as well as Alistair. Lastly, Key, how are you getting on with the watching movies from the 1940s? I'm keen to try this. Uh, keep the episodes coming, guys. You're doing a phenomenal job. There you go, Key. Tell us, how's it going? So, um, a couple of things. One, the Simpsons episode, Maggie Makes Three, is one of my favourite episodes. That is one of the best endings to a TV episode ever, when he has Do It For Her. It's really, really beautiful. Um, absolutely love that ending. The old movies were very what we all come for. The yeah, baby! Frasier was just a sideshow, let's be yes, honest. Yes, it was. Um, made, I tell you what, I'm going to be honest, it stalled initially, uh, but over Christmas, we had a second wind, and we really sort of bumped it up. So, Started in 1939. Um, the next film I've got to watch is 1951. So we've done okay. Mm. Um, so 1939, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh, great film. I've realised Jimmy Stewart did not do a bad movie in his life. The man was phenomenal. Um, wow. I love Jimmy Stewart. 1940, The Great Dictator. Oh, class. Uh, love the speech at the end, and I'd seen it before. Uh, 41, Citizen Kane, shockingly bad. You don't it. need to go down that alley again. <laughs> 42, Casablanca, loved it. Brilliant film. Uh, 43, Jitterbugs with Laura and Hardy. Great, loved it. Um, 44, Laura, nah, middle of the road. It's, it's okay, it's watchable. Not familiar with that. Uh, it's about a woman. Basically, they're investigating the murder of a woman, and uh, or is she dead? Ooh. Oh, is she oh, really dead? Who knows? Goodness. Um, next up, uh, yeah, forty-five brief encounter, dreadfully bad. Um, forty-six, the Al Jolson story. I enjoyed it. Uh, forty-seven, gentleman's agreement. Right, Gen- what I love is the kid in this. Is like it's a Gregory Peck film about anti-Semitism. Mm. and there's a little kid in it and i was thinking this kid's a really good actor. he was about eight years old he really strong acting performance and i was like wow this kid's a really good actor i wonder if he ever went on and did anything oh who is it and it only turned out to be i'm gonna get his name because i always forget his name i know him by the stuff he's in rather than uh, his name 
Um, but it, it turned out that this little eight-year-old kid was none other than, are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. Um, Got to get his name because I genuinely can't remember his name itself. <laughs> I know him from his roles, and you, I think you'll know him from his roles. Probably. It was Dean Stockwell. I know the name. Uh, so Robert Dean Stockwell. So uh, probably most well-known for being in the TV show Quantum Leap, where he plays Al. Oh, yeah. Quantum Have you ever seen Leap. that? Also in uh, The Manchurian Candidate, Married to the Mob, Air Force One. Um, Pretty decent. Beverly Hills Cop 2. Really, really, really strong actor. Phenomenal actor. Um, but even as an eight-year-old, that kid could act. He had a real talent. Um so yeah, watch that. Then watch Rope or oh, Rope with James Stewart. That is a film to go and watch. I really liked it. Really. Um, that was 1948. On the Town in 1949. Seen it before. Loved it. Not seen that, but no, I'd love it. Yeah, oh, it's a great. It's where the um, song New York, New York comes from. Yeah, I love that song and then so much. 1950, the film Sunset Boulevard. Oh, um, really? It's a decent film. Enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, I felt after a couple of years, I sort of. After like Citizen Kane and when we did Law and Brief Encounter, I felt like I was losing my way with it a little bit. But the last few years has really breathed some life into it. Um, so yeah, really enjoying it. And next up, I've got Streetcar Named Desire. Oh man, I'm just gonna be good because the thing is, whenever anyone says Stella, I'm gonna go Stella, Stella. <laughs> Can you hear me, Yella? <laughs> um, so yeah, but really enjoying it. I would hugely recommend. It's a lot of fun, and you really realise how good old films were um, mm. by watching them. And it's quite weird because my girlfriend now has a crush on um, Gregory Peck, James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart and uh, Marlon Brando. I mean, three <laughs> unbelievable dudes. Like they, <laughs> they a, set an impossible masculine standard. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a bit weird, isn't it? You have a crush on someone who's been dead 20 odd years. But It is. But I mean, Brando is like a killer. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, and for me, Stu- Jimmy Stewart's the best because like he wasn't... Well, I don't know, like as, as like George in It's a Wonderful Life, he's not like super masculine or whatever. Yeah, he's just like, right. you know, he's an everyman. Um, yeah. he's just got that charm. And um, he's quite similar in uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. It's a very I need to watch that yeah. similar theme, but it's a weird ending, but it's a really good film. Would recommend it. Perfect. But I mean, you're you're a while till you get there. So if you want to just watch this as a recommendation outside of your thing, I think you'd love Paper Moon. From I think 1973, mm. Peter Bogdanovich, who directed it, he did like the last picture show. He was on The Sopranos. He died uh, about a week or so ago. Um, but it's got Ryan O'Neill in and his daughter Tatum O'Neill. And I'm fairly certain she's nine and she won the best, she won the Oscar for best actress uh, support. And actually, she's the youngest ever winner. Um, mm. She is unbelievable. Like it's about the two of them, like during the Depression, kind of traveling around America. Um, and obviously they're real life father and daughter it's amazing um i just think you'd really like that um is it me reading out one I, oh i think it's me it's in oh yeah um, it's a juicy wench a juicy wench is up next so um, they're reaching for your water pills <laughs> <laughs> happy new year guys another great app um i love the visual of you both in a convertible of a tiger driving down the las vegas strip hilarious um i do like las vegas but it's easy to get overwhelmed in my opinion you can see quite a lot in just three days a week would be a super long trip and there are a lot of other neat things to do nearby if you were to visit i'm a big fan of our national parks and there are a few not too far from there Uh, in regards to martin's breakup style i think he did a good job letting maureen down easily um i've been guilty of ghosting or texting bad um that's your she put bad or they put bad i did not 
I, I'm not judging. Um, <laughs> I was wondering if you fixed the microphones. I'm not 100% caught up yet, but wanted to mention that Will's mic always sounds much louder than Keys. Um, maybe the distance from the mic. I don't know, but wanted to mention that for some feedback. Uh, if I'm doing this right, I can leave trivia questions here for the next episode, Three Days of the Condo. Um, I searched, it's based, as you said, um, off Three Days of the Condo, a 1970s film. Uh, their question is, well, how many no-no slips does Miss Langer give in total? Mm, well, we, we don't have an answer here, so presumably, hopefully, it will come in the next list of mail. But I'm going to guess, there's the one on the door knocker, Eddie gets two, Eddie, Eddie and Martin two. get two. Um, then, presumably, Martin gets another for the hot tub. Yeah, because she says she, she wrote me at one out there and then. Then you get the knocker, which is four. Is it four? I, I think I'm going to go with four. Yeah, I think we'll say four. But Juicy Wench, please let us know if we're right. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. I like that a lot. Um, Crab at 88, but hey, guys, it's been a while. I unfortunately had a work injury where I crushed my right wrist. Still been listening, just not commenting. That's terrible. I really hope you've recovered from that. I actually enjoy a lot of episodes of Sherry. She reminds me of that one crazy aunt everyone has. You know, she's loud and a little annoying, which is always good for a laugh. Or in Fraser and Niles' case, a quick-witted line or two that she doesn't quite catch. I went to Las Vegas for my bachelor party. It was a lot of fun, but way too much money was spent. It's worth it for a few days, but we were there for five, which is too many. Interesting, a lot of people talk about this. Seems like overstimulation might be a big thing in Vegas. You know, a few. I reckon three nights, perfect. Um... I haven't heard a limerick about Horatio, but I have heard one about a man from Nantucket. I was wondering what squash is, because I assume you don't mean the ones you grow. It sounds like a drink. They don't have this, do they, in, in America? So squash, maybe you call it cordial? Yeah, my aunt calls it cordial. Yeah. Um, it's basically super concentrated um, kind of like juice, and you put a tiny measure in, like like a spirit level measure of like a whiskey or something, and you put water in the rest, like one part water of squash to like 19 parts water or something um yeah, something like that yeah yeah and then you get a drink basically um just a sweet drink uh, i'm a bit behind in the conversation but i wanted to add that our family traditions to have turkey on thanksgiving and prime rib for christmas oh Ooh. i could get on board with that tradition uh the next episode lie lie i have to agree with will really not one of my faves a lot of times i skip over it doesn't seem to be any high points in it for me, almost as if it's there just to fill in the season. Happy New Year to the two of you. Thanks for always putting on a great podcast. It's easy to listen to wherever you are. Lovely stuff, Crabber. Uh, next, we've got Goodnight Seattle. It says, hi, Will and Key. Avid listener with poor organisational skills, so I always miss my chance to comment hey, on episodes. Hey, yeah. uh, I'm listening a bit behind, so I'm commenting about the wrong episode. But I had to jump in on your discussion from Our Father Whose Art Ain't Heaven about finding sheep creepy. <laughs> I grew up in the Welsh countryside, so most nights out when I was a teenager, I ended a long walk home along a dark country lane, and occasionally I'd, he I'd hear what sounded like someone coughing in the hedges. It used to scare the hell out of me, wondering who was lurking there, but I quickly learned that sheep make coughing sounds almost exactly like a human. Uh, I'm not sure whether that's actually going to make Will find them any less creepy. Oh my God, it makes them creepier. Fun fact, I did like a quiz the other week about like, what animal are you? And apparently I'm a sheep. Right. I what, have you, no, I have no individuality. to be a sheep. Apparently I have no individuality. I just follow the group. <laughs> you have got way more intelligence <laughs> I, and charisma than the sheep. Okay. According to this website, my hobbies include basket weaving. Really? I'll have to see you with many a basket. Choir singing. Okay. And rearing children. Okay, whatever you, whatever this quiz was, okay, it was grossly incorrect. So. <laughs> I'm not sure rearing children is a hobby. That's no. my only criticism. It's an obligation that some people either willingly or not willingly take on. <laughs> uh, 
Um, also, I can confirm a point that a listener raised a few weeks ago that the accent in Northeast Wales does sound a lot like a light Scouse accent. Makes sense. Um, it gets a lot more stereotypically Welsh sounding the further west you go. But even that is still very distinct from the stereotypical South Welsh one that you hear most frequently. I didn't realise that the, the Welsh accent that we kind of lump every every accent in is the South one. I didn't realise that, like the Cardiff and Swansea right. one. So what about Carmarthen? Because that's what I was aimed for. Is that South Wales? I don't know. I, I, thought, mm, I don't know. Hmm. It's a good question, okay. We'll see. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe good luck. Yeah, okay, let us know. Um, abduct, I'll read the next two out, Kicks. The abducted flower sacks is quite short. They say, Sherry's a great character, played fantastically. I would have preferred he reunited with Sherry instead of Ronnie in the final season. Mm, I could go for a little bit of that abducted flower sack. Miss Amelia says, Will and Key love the pod. I discovered it a few months ago and re-listened to the eps almost as much as I rewatch Frasier. We're listening was my top podcast of last year, recording the Spotify 8,437 minutes streamed, even though some of it, some of that was me falling asleep and it playing over a night a few times. I live in Seattle, born and raised, and can confirm that, yes, it does actually rain that much here, but I-80 doesn't run anywhere near here. I had never heard of it, so I looked it up after your episode 82, and it starts in California. What were the writers thinking? However, I-90 is a key highway going east out of the city. I've been off Reddit and social media the last several months, but you've pulled me back in just to read and post here. I'll try to provide Seattle-specific fat checks for future reps. Keep it up, and please post a new episode soon. There we go. Uh, and I think the last comment is, Good night, Seattle, who says, All caught up. I know that Sherry can be a divisive character, but I've got to say, I think she complements the main cast incredibly well. Uh, I only enjoy the few Sherry-focused episodes in seasons four and five. Uh, Marsha Mason and John Mahoney have great chemistry, which gets me invested in the ups and downs of their relationship. And the way that Frasier warms to, or at least learns to tolerate Sherry for the sake of Martin's happiness, is a great character development. Definitely my favourite of Martin's relationships over the series. Perfect. Well, thank you everyone for uh, writing in this week. Some really, really top draw. Uh, interpretations there of, of three days of the condo uh, next week key it is death of the dog and actually i from someone i know on twitter they sent me this years ago when we started the podcast um i have a poem that someone wrote inspired by death and the dog which i will read out on air um wow. so i've been waiting for that episode because it finally is applicable so looking forward to that um but other than that i've been will i've been key And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. (laughs) But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.